Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit. Whatever the fuck that means. Hello, I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and here with me for the intro is Jessica of Jessica Lee Wellbeing. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. I'm so excited to catch up. It's been a minute. I feel like we recorded when it was cold. It was. Is that right? I think so. Yes. Yeah, I think it was like la- like winter going into spring. Yeah, it's been a while. Yes. So Jessica is a certified mind-body eating coach, an energy healer, among, among many other things. If you haven't checked out her episode, go back and listen. I learned so much in that episode. <laughs> I, I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, after we're done, I'm going to chat with two guys who are opening a new fitness studio in Northside. So let's start off with our first three intro questions. What's been your favorite workout, Jessica? My favorite workout lately has been yard work. (laughs) I love it. What are you doing to your yard? Oh my gosh. Um, so I have just a really small garden in the backyard. Like a flower garden or a vegetable garden? Veggies, some fruits, and then I have a lot of wildflowers. Like I'm trying to turn it into maybe something that's not so manicured looking. Okay. Going for more of like an English garden feel. I love that. So it's a process. Have you heard about butterfly gardens? Yes, 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 yes. So basically, my strategy this year in planting the garden was anything that was like a pollinator. Okay. I bought it. And we're just going to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I just learned about this recently that you can submit to be a like registered butterfly garden and you get a plaque. And oh, wow. You have to pay $20, but <laughs> then you have one. Worth it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I might have to look into that. Yeah. So, so did you like start from scratch? Do you have boxes? Is it, was there a lot of like towing the earth tilling the the earth earth. (laughs) city girl does farming I know know. listen to me (laughs) I love it no you sound like me honestly (laughs) um I have a couple like raised garden beds okay that's what I was picturing in my mind yeah and they're small so you know I have I have like some green beans some Mm. herbs some peppers jalapenos tomatoes and then I have like separately like some strawberries and some cucumbers. Oh, that's so great. You just can have all these snacks in your backyard. Yeah. And I've been getting into like canning and like all this. I mean, it's like a whole thing. This is quarantine is really is. <laughs> treating you right, huh? Down a whole new path. It is. Like I don't have to ever leave my house. This I don't know who happen. I am. <laughs> I mean, if you would have told me a year ago even that this would be my life, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But no, there's something about like getting in the dirt. Obviously, it's been super hot. So anytime you walk outside, you're instantly sweating. Sure. But it feels so good. Yeah. And it's like helped me reconnect with my food in a different way. Um, my boyfriend and I live together. We've also decided to take on this project, which has been a massive mistake of trying to like make our own uh, paver patio in our backyard. Oh, yeah. So this is like digging moving all of these big um paver stones so that is a workout you know that's a that's a workout yeah um and it's been really fun I mean it's been frustrating but you're outside you're enjoying the weather you're totally I'm really thankful for my body Mm -hmm. and like what it can do and so yeah that's been my my favorite workout I would love I would love to have a garden yeah one day I will but I think that I will probably like it to be like very manicured 
Yeah. I want it to have like a certain landscaping look and like yeah. here's where the roses are and here's where the peonies are and there's where the hydrangeas yes. are. And I could see, I'd be totally obsessed. I would just go walk around and look at my flowers every single day. It's so nice. Yeah. And then like digging out the weeds and like, it's like a meditation mm-hmm. really because mm-hmm. you're just in the zone. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, you want to take care of them. You do. Yeah. That's how I feel about like all my indoor plants. Of I don't course, have a garden. These are your babies. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, we'll have to get their little brown leaves off. And yes. how are they doing? How's yes. everyone feeling? Yeah. And yeah. then it turns into watching hours upon hours of YouTube videos of how to garden, how to take care of the plants. And that's a whole thing. No, I'm into it. I'm into it. So my favorite workout, I talked about how I was going to start working out with a strength coach on the two-year anniversary episode. Okay. So I just started doing that last week. I've been to two sessions with him, Johnny Pasquale. I'm training with Johnny. Mm. Um, And it's hands down by far been my favorite workouts of the last like three months. Yeah. I was just at this point where it was really hard for me to find motivation just to go show up in my living room. And I I talked about this before, you know, at the start of quarantine, like that was the challenge. Can I motivate myself? Okay. Yes, I can. These are really challenging. They're difficult. I'm getting stronger. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, this is just not bringing me joy anymore. I've Mm -hmm. known for a couple of weeks I need heavier weights. So it feels like I'm just like, I show up because I know I need to show up and I know I'll feel better after I need to move Mm -hmm. my body and I need to sweat, but it was just, I've been just like waiting for the next thing. And these strength workouts are a hundred percent the next thing. Yeah. There's something so empowering and it is a different kind of mood booster when you're lifting heavy weights. And that's, that's what I'm doing. My goal is to get stronger overall. So it's, it's pretty much like strictly weight training Mm -hmm. and it just like hits different when it comes to the mood after. Like I feel mm. so great. My body feels good. I feel strong, even though it was a tough workout and I'm, you know, fatigued. It just is like different than when you're doing something and like killing yourself for an hour, which I mean, I, I understand that there's, you know, arguably maybe, maybe not some benefits to doing something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's just such an, such an empowering feeling. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, it also sounds like, you knew that you were ready for something else yes. and you listened and you did something different. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And now this is bringing me joy. I'm excited yeah. to go. Yeah. So I'm going to train with him twice a week. I'm going to do another day of strength training on my own. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him today. I'm like, so how, you know, I'm thinking, how do I kind of structure my other days? And he was like, do whatever you want to do, whatever kind of movement on, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, those are your strength training j- days. That's really all you need to do for the week and anything else is a bonus and like let it just be something that brings you joy. I had this epiphany of like, oh, that's like how I needed to frame it where it's Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, if I feel really good and like I want to get after it, let's do it. It's again, this this bonus in my week. And if not, that's fine. I already know I got my Monday, Wednesday, Fridays lined up like those aren't going to change. It just allows for so much freedom. Yeah. It's like I'm the one that's in control of it instead of being like, all right, my schedule, I needed this uh, this workout, I needed this workout. You know, it's just like. Right, right. Just moving through the motions. So yeah. I feel really, really good. I'm excited. And because I know I'm training with a coach. Yeah. And my goal is to get stronger. I feel so confident that I'm, I'm 100% going to get stronger. Right. So that's like very motivating and encouraging. Definitely. Definitely. So this may be like all I talk about for the next 10 weeks, but. <laughs> 
I'm into it. I'm really we'll into it. We'll all go on the ride with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be great. I think um, probably after te- 10 weeks, that's kind of like where I started. That's like my starting point with him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have him come on and we'll do a whole episode of like beginning of this strength journey, end of yeah. the strength journey, because this is playing into my campaign against the word tone. Mm, and, yeah, and I've use- been seeing your posts about oh, that. Oh, yeah. We're, I'm just... We're beyond it. We're yeah. so much smarter as women. We do not need to be told that we're toning a muscle differently. We're doing something. And to take the goal away from an aesthetic yeah. and put it into performance. Mm-hmm. And like, I was talking to Johnny about this and he was like, focus on performance. Yeah. Everything else follows. Of the way course. that you, everything else will follow. Of course. And it's something you can measure. You can't say, I want to look toned. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that the word tone is just in a, another example of how we're set up to yep. never be able to be enough. Exactly. It's unattainable. You could, yeah. well, I'm not toned enough. Right. I could be more toned. Right. She's toned, or toned more than I am. Like, exactly. It's just, it, you can't win. Yep. So it's on my campaign. Also, and, and the bigger picture of the campaign, too, is is to help women actualize that strength training is really good for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about an appearance factor of like being able to lift heavy weights to go about and have functional fitness in your life. And I'm, t- I'm, I'm like need to talk to someone more about this, like the difference in what I'm feeling in my mood after one of these workouts yeah. versus a cardio or versus re- really anything else. Like where, where is that coming from? I want to do some more yeah. research there, but yeah, I feel like like when I work in the garden, the other thing that I notice is because um, I, I practice yoga, I teach yoga, yeah. is the functionality of movement and like what we're, what movement we're practicing. Because for me, it's like, okay, that's great. You can, you can touch your toes in yoga, but can you get on your hands and knees and work in the garden for hours at a time? Yes. Or can you great lift point. this? can you lift this stone or whatever? Like it's whatever works for you and it's keeping us healthy Mm -hmm. long-term because those strength movements are going to keep our bones strong long-term. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So like what I was working on, the strength movement I was working on today was like a trap bar deadlift. So you're Mm -hmm. saying it's, it's the same movement you use anytime you're picking up any object from the floor. Right. Right. And so it feels so much, it feels so much more useful and mm-hmm. relevant in my life than like how many, you know, reps of an exercise do I have to do when I'm in a in a fitness room with mirrors surrounding me, and that never translates to anything I have to do in my life. Exactly. That's, I think that's where the empowerment comes from too. Definitely, for sure. So yeah, we're on a campaign. Are you I are love you joining it. my campaign? Oh, one hundred percent. Great, great, great. <laughs> okay, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about the heat and summer and how that affects our body image insecurities, particularly coming out of quarantine. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, our bodies may have changed through quarantine. We may now have a larger body than we did last summer Mm -hmm. and we're pulling out the summer clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, with warmer weather, we've got more exposed skin. We've got less clothing. We're maybe last minute getting invites to a pool, et cetera. Yes. Um, so what comes up when we are in those situations and how do we, how do we combat that? Yeah. 
Yeah. So have, what have you, do you have practices or kind of techniques for yourself that you use if those feelings come up in you? Yeah. I mean, for myself, I found that this summer I'm in a larger body than I was last summer. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely had those moments of, okay, these Am shorts I doing don't something work anymore. Wrong? Or like, do, <laughs> is, it, is that like where your head goes or where does... Thankfully not anymore. Your, yeah. yeah. Um, but there were definitely times in my life where, um, you know, pulling clothes out from the season of the, the year prior if they didn't fit, sent me into a massive shame spiral and clinging to the next workout or diet um, to make my body smaller. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, I'm not in that space. Um, Thankfully, I can just look at clothing as clothing and nothing, you know, it doesn't determine my value. Mm -hmm. And bodies change and that's okay. And exactly all those things. I know. And it's easy for us to sit here and say it, but Yes. When you're in the thick of it. 100%. Or like I was having those those conversations were coming up for me today. And and not because I'm like doing anything or going anywhere clothing wise mm-hmm. and that my my clothes fit the same. But that that's also another place where I have to go is that there it's irrational. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm like I'm wearing this I'm wearing the same size clothes I'm like nothing is really changing mm-hmm. but then I start immediately hating my body thinking I look terrible and that I've gotten to a place now where I'm like okay what's really going on yeah what's really bothering you today right. are you a little anxious about recording mm-hmm. is it a Monday you're coming off a really fun weekend you didn't get a lot of sleep like yeah. where can we deconstruct because it's not about your body right but it doesn't even have to be coming from this place where, no, I really haven't, my body hasn't changed. Yeah. And if it has, you can mm-hmm. go through those same exercises of like, yeah, it's not about your body. Yeah. And I think, so one, one tool that, because, you know, clients have been, it's been on their minds too, because mm-hmm. it's just, Relevant it's topic. just fresh, yeah. right? Um, is instead of allowing the clothes to dictate how we feel, meaning, you know, you put on a piece of clothing and you feel an emotion by putting that on. Yeah. So I feel frumpy. I feel gross. Yeah. Whatever. Right. right. Instead of allowing the clothes to dictate how we're feeling before we even go to the clothing, checking in with how do you want to feel in your body Mm -hmm. that day? Do you want to feel energetic? Do you want to feel creative, professional, et cetera? Mm Mm-hmm selecting clothing that supports how you want to feel in the body. Mm-hmm. It's kind of taking the power away yeah. from the external factor of the clothing, giving our power back. Mm-hmm. You know, my power's in my body, the power's in my feelings, and allowing the clothes to support yeah. how I want to feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, that's just a different way to think about it. Yeah, I like that. And it's I've also seen a couple different things on Instagram related to like, how do you expect to feel comfortable and good in your body when you're wearing clothes that don't fit properly? Exactly. Like there's nothing worse than being in clothes that are too tight or you like can't sit in a way that's even comfortable. Mm -hmm. All you're thinking about the entire time is not the social situation or the people that you're with. It's how do I look? If I sit in this angle, does that look weird? Can I get up quickly and like readjust? Like, 
That's terrible. Especially that takes you out of the moment so fast. hundred degrees out. Yes. The last sweaty. thing you want is something like clinging to you right. or something when, that doesn't right. fit. Right. When you're not feeling comfortable. Like mm-hmm. if you're not comfortable in it. And that's, that's like what I've always thought too when I, and it comes to me like I love to like put together an outfit. Yeah. I love to get dressed. But yeah. like if it doesn't feel good, yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it looks fine in this moment when I'm standing straight up. But if I don't feel comfortable and I don't feel like I'm wearing the clothes and the clothes aren't wearing me, mm-hmm. then it's not going to work. Exactly. Yeah. And that'll be the energy that you're putting off too. Yes. So yeah. Yes. Because I've been in that situation a million times where I'm like, oh, this I just want to leave wherever yeah. I am. I'm like, this, this is not working for me. Right. And the opposite of like when you do have an outfit that's working for you. Oh, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, that's a good point. Cl- have clients been talking about that lately? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, with quarantine, schedules are schedules have changed. And so therefore, eating patterns have changed and movement we patterns have We literally weren't allowed to leave our house for a month. Right. I mean, what, what do you What do expect? you expect? Of course. And, you know, we've labeled emotional eating as this horrific thing um, when really it's just such a normal reaction to having emotions, Mm -hmm. which means that you're a human being. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if anything, during this time, we need to be feeling our emotions. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. So, and if a part of you feeling your emotions is reaching for food, then that's more than okay to do right right and to allow yourself the ability to kind of recognize that Mm -hmm. and so then you again you have power and you can say okay yes this is how i'm reacting i'm i'm choosing to do this it's my choice it's not the food taking over or the whatever taking over and i think that can the way you shift looking at that can be helpful definitely yeah definitely yeah yeah. speaking of uh feeling feelings Mm -hmm. thing that i want to talk about so i wasn't really planning on talking about this topic but I received a message from a listener um, last week on how much she appreciates that I share about losing my brother yeah and um, she's heard so few people talk about sibling loss Mm. I think just loss in general is not something that people are regularly talking about yeah so you know I was like this is good timing tomorrow um Mark's two years my brother passed away so yeah recording on Monday July 20th he passed away July 21st 2018 Mm -hmm. so it was just like okay I think that it's it's I wouldn't say that it's difficult to talk about especially in this situation where I can like very much kind of like remove myself from it Mm -hmm. you know it's different than if I'm talking with a friend or if I'm like in the middle of an intense grief period yeah but I didn't when I heard that it was impactful to someone else I was like okay I I really want to make sure I do this because for me Mm -hmm. the reason why I shared on the podcast like I did and like I do it's because it's how do I talk about my mental health and taking care of myself and what's going on in my life if I'm not also talking about his loss because it changed my life it changed who I was as a person They've, they've said like grief can literally change your brain structure, like the chemistry in your body. And so it it wasn't necessarily that I was kind of on this crusade to normalize grief, but that's kind of what she, the listener got from it. So I was like, okay, then let's keep talking about it as 
as it as it makes sense. So I I just kind of wanted to touch a little bit on this really, you know, my experience, I guess. And it feels still very unfair that I have to like go about and do a normal life sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it can feel, you know, at times unbearably painful. But there's nothing that's taught me more about myself Mm -hmm. or my coping mechanisms or like how I relate to other people than this experience of grief. And it's not to say that I think that people need to use their grief as a self-help acceleration or that, you know, something good is going to come of this or like this is the good thing that came of this terrible thing. That's bullshit. Like, I, I, there doesn't have to be a silver lining. Mm-hmm. There doesn't have to be a lesson to learn. Like, it fucking sucks. Yeah. Plain and simple. And I think that, you know, what grieving people really need is someone to sit with them in their pain, not try to make it go away because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing anyone can do. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've tried to approach it that, Grief is love. Grief is an expression of love for someone that you lost. And so rather than me trying to get over it or get past it or move on or whatever it is, that this is my love for my brother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as uncomfortable and painful as it is to experience, I want to feel love for my brother. Yes. But... I don't know. It's this is always like a very always. This is my second time experiencing this week or like yeah. an anniversary of his death, so to speak. But like when I think of birthdays or mm-hmm. like last year, it's always it has been just unpredictable, I guess. Or like mm-hmm. I would think it's going to be unpredictable. And I'm like, it's going to be fine. I'm going to be OK. Like or OK in whatever sense that mm-hmm. means. And then the day comes and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, fuck. So my goal for this week, if I can like have a goal or think about think about it that way, is really just to go wherever my feelings are going to go. Yeah. And we're talking about like feeling these feelings, which is something that through grief, I've even recognized that I don't do. Mm-hmm. And I haven't done it my whole life. My brain has gotten really good at protecting me from feeling pain. Sure. And and that's was a great strategy at some point. That yeah. served me well at one point in my life. Yep. And now I have to work on sitting with those uncomfortable, painful feelings. So back to the goal. The goal, just like go wherever my feelings are going. Yeah. Try not to put an expectation on it of like this, this day is going to be really sad or the day after will be so much better or, you know, whatever it is. Like let's just try to be in the moment as much as possible. I don't have anything planned mm-hmm. to kind of celebrate him or do anything, which which feels both positive and negative. Mm-hmm. Positive because it kind of takes away some of that stress and expectation of like, well, what if I don't feel like doing what I had planned? Yeah. Um, obviously, I would love to be with my family, but COVID is, you know, kind of impacting that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we would all love to just be on a beach in Florida yeah. where he was living and like drinking and, and sitting out in the sun and, and celebrating him, but not possible this year. 
So I'm just going to see how it goes. That's the goal. We'll yeah. see if when I, I will inevitably probably start trying to control things and have a expectation that I'm not meeting or blame myself in some way, but <laughs> I'm going into it with <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, this, this listener had said that this listener lost her sister unexpectedly eight years ago. And at the time she felt incredibly alone because she didn't hear anyone else talking about it. Um, and there was some shame and I just wanted to put out there too, if anyone is going through loss or like dealing with grief right now, please feel free to DM me, reach out. I know when my brother died, that's all I wanted was someone else who could understand my pain at some level. Like I really just gravitated towards friends that I had known had lost a parent, a loved one, a, a sibling, whatever it was. And those are the people that I really wanted to kind of like cling to at this time. So open invitation. I'm happy to talk. Um, and then also if anyone's going through anything related to loss and grief, an Instagram account that has helped me so much. I've Everything that I've like learned or been able to frame about grief, I've learned this woman who runs an Instagram account at Refuge in Grief. And she lost her husband in a drowning accident mm. um and has just is just has like a great platform and like very welcoming and she you know kind of calls out like this it, even if your loss isn't named here like you're welcome and it doesn't even necessarily have to be the death of someone yeah but yeah I just kind of wanted to bring it up and then also just give a little I guess a way to like honor him too yeah absolutely I'm glad that you yeah. did yeah. And I'm glad that that listener felt comfortable enough to reach out I'm to you. I'm so glad that she did. Like it was, yeah. I told her, I'm like, that was the best message I've ever received about the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just to know that, you know, not even intentionally thinking about it, helping other people that it did. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the way that you're describing grief is beautiful and, you know, it is truly an expression of of love yeah. absolutely right and it lasts as long as love lasts mm -hmm. like there is no time to get over it or it's exactly. been this many years so you should be in this place that would be easy yeah if there was this rule book to follow and mm -hmm. you're like okay at 30 days post-death you should be here as a marker if you're not here these are the things you can do to get here and then two months later you should be here like that's Oh, I like craved I wanted a fucking rule book so badly yeah. when he first died I'm like just tell me what tell me how to do it mm -hmm. like, there's you can't tell you can't tell someone how to love someone either like there's not exactly there's not a way well I'll be thinking of you tomorrow thank you I appreciate it I do have a question for you yeah. about someone who may be experiencing grief whether that's recent or not yeah what are ways in which you feel like would be good for a support system of someone who who lost someone because I you know the dreaded let me know if you need anything feels yeah. empty yeah um I think that people say that with the best of intentions yeah but I think and this is just from my personal experience and the kind of person that I am if you think about the things that that person has to do on like a day-to-day -day basis, if mm -hmm. you can take, like if someone would have been like sent a cleaning lady to my house, mm -hmm. I would have been fucking ecstatic or been like, hey, I'm going to go to the grocery store for you. Yes. Like those kind of things where like, if you think about 
they need to do them. It's every, because life does not stop. Right. Everyday life doesn't stop. So if you can think of the things that they would need to be doing in their everyday life and just take that off their plate, mm-hmm. that's, was, would have been really helpful or is really helpful. Yeah. And then I think too, there's so much love and there's so much support and there's so much of an outpouring those like first couple weeks and to like set a reminder on your phone for like two months out. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of check in or again, offer to to do something small because, you know, it really feels like, at least I felt like for me, the first month is just like, you don't even know what's going on. Right. That's what I would say. That's a good question. Okay, now for the wild card, which was another great question from you. <laughs> what is your favorite body part? My favorite body part is my butt. Love it. My Why booty. is your butt your favorite body part? <laughs> well, I've always had a little extra junk in the trunk, uh-huh, uh-huh. if you will. Um, and... You know, I used to despise my lower half. Really? Just absolutely. Like, I used to picture literally just, like, cutting myself, like, in oh. half and, like, replacing yeah. my bottom half. But yeah. you know what? I I like my booty. I mean, it I like gives it. you a nice cushion to sit on. It does. It and Probably you know, when you're out there gardening, sitting on the hard ground. <laughs> And I haven't met anybody who doesn't love my butt. Everyone loves butts. Exactly. Butts are great. They are amazing. And I like mine. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) This was a really easy question or really easy answer for me. Okay. My favorite body part are my legs because if I didn't have my legs, how would I be able to go on all the walks that I love to go on? That's right. I wouldn't be able to dance. I wouldn't be able to get around as easily. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I... I mean, arguably, too, your arms are important, but my legs are my favorite. Nice. That'd be the body part that I would hate to lose the most. Yeah. I did I did start to think when I first heard it, I thought aesthetically. Yeah. And then I was like, but really my favorite, if I'm thinking about my favorite, yeah, my legs, regardless of how they look, because I want to get around. Yeah. But if I am thinking purely aesthetic, I, I really like my shoulders. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. yeah. I like to see like strong looking shoulders on women. It's like mm-hmm. this bitch can just fucking lift something up, put it over her head whenever she wants. There you go. I think it's just, and especially like women have, I think for the most part can have like a harder time putting muscle on like their upper body. Mm-hmm. And so then when you, and when I see like strong shoulders, I'm like, this bitch is going after something. <laughs> and I like that. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for coming back on, Jessica. Thank you for having me. It was great to see you. You too. My guests today are the artistic and creative directors of a unique space where people can come together for movement-oriented classes specializing in dance and yoga. Both founders earned their Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Dance from one of the top programs for dance in the country. They have professional dance experience in both company and commercial settings, All of this to say, they know what they're doing when it comes to cultivating movement. Please welcome John Litzler and Cody Zarko of Movement Emporium. Hey. Hey, thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Now, I'm not very attuned in the dance world, but when I read your bios on the website and I see things like performing and touring internationally, working professionally in LA, working with the Miss America organization, Oh, and performing with Sia at Coachella, 
I get the sense that you guys are probably pretty good movers and dancers, huh? We do, we do all right. <laughs> we, we would like to think so. <laughs> Who performed at Coachella? I, I did. Can you can you really quickly talk about that experience? Yeah. So <laughs> what was that like? Uh, when we were living in LA, um, auditions were kind of like woo all over the place. Like you would go to an audition for a music video. You would go to an audition for a random, you know, sure. grocery you, shopping commercial. Like right. it could be for anything. But you know when you're showing up to the audition what it's for? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes you don't, and that's the scary part. <laughs> Normally they'll give you, well, they'll give you criteria, but sometimes that criteria is not actually what they're going to ask Like a criteria, for. like it's going to be this type of dance? Like or? technical audition, but then okay. you get there and it might not be. Okay. We had plenty like, of those. <laughs> you know, we are looking for a strong foot ba- football player type kind of guys. And then me and John are just sitting there with like, you know, tight pants and <laughs> a, a muscle shirt. And we're like, uh, this I don't is know, we're wrong, here. wrong audition. <laughs> yeah. Football player. Wrong room. Trans- Translates, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a lot of our time in LA, we took a lot of class. Like mm-hmm. we made a point because we were going from concert dance where we were taking lots of class every day and performing a lot yeah. to commercial work that was like, you go to auditions and sometimes you go to class. So we were taking a fair amount of class and the SIA job actually came from the choreographer was teaching class. Okay. And Cody and I had taken class and I fit the role that they needed for Coachella the coming weekend. So I got to do Coachella for two weekends. It was amazing. It was like, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It was a really, really great experience. And I mean, Sia's music is phenomenal and her dancing is great. So is it like the most fun ever? Because it was like, I love to go to music festivals and be in the crowd and I pretend that I'm on the stage. That's the whole point. (laughs) Yes. It is like the most, I mean, music, Music festivals in general with dance is just like the energy is so alive. Yes. So that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and you're true. outside. And, yeah, yeah, the yes. desert. Can you, when you like look out into the sea of people, is, can you just, is there any, is there like any distinction or is it just like a sea? You can sometimes like zone in on someone, like someone will catch your eye and you're like, oh my gosh, but you're trying to perform. Right. So you don't so want to get too like, out of it. Get lost in but the moment. But it's kind of like a blurred, um, like a, I would say like a sea of bodies. Yeah, if you were and like, it gets quiet. Like it seems just like whew, things moving and the music's like pounding in your ears. Oh, it wow. almost kind of goes slow motion. Yeah, you know, you're thinking about things, but you're also thinking about performing uh-huh. and the energy of the crowd. It just becomes kind of like surreal, and everything is kind of lost in time. It, it it's sounds a great incredible. Experience. It yeah. sounds it's amazing. Wonderful. Like a psychedelic experience on stage. There totally. you go. Yes. Oh, okay. So you're from Cincinnati. John, yes. you're from Cincinnati. Cody, you're from Toronto. I'm from Toronto. Correct. Okay. And you both went to Point Park University. Yes. Where is that? In Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Okay. So you majored in jazz or emphasis in jazz. How does that work? So when you um, audition for the program, you put down your concentration. Okay. So it's either ballet, jazz, or modern. Three choices. And you actually went in as ballet. I went in as a ballet major and realized my old bones just can't do that anymore. <laughs> Why not? What is it about ballet? Uh, ballet is just really strenuous on the body, and you're asked to do positions that sometimes compromises your like skeletal structure, your, nat- your natural facility, or your natural facility. So I was like. I need to be nice to my body. Okay. Um, I was going to go in as a modern major, and then I just kind of went underneath the jazz track because the jazz track has a nice, well-rounded emphasis on each kind of mm-hmm. style. Okay. So. If you had to describe 
jazz. So if someone's like, I have no idea what jazz dancing is, how do you talk about it? I took jazz when I was little. It was my favorite. Um, I always say that jazz is very stylized. Um, you use your isolations. You use, like, it's full body movement. Um, people tend to say it's crisp and clean, but I think now with modern jazz and, like, mm. contemporary jazz, that can be kind of moved around. I yeah. Know, what would you say? Mm -hmm. I would say jazz is just anything that's kind of upbeat that, uh, requires clean, precise lines okay. and an emphasis on your technique that has a similarity to ballet, but um, just the lines are a little bit different. Okay. Okay. Got it. And you guys met? Met at school? We no. met no. in high school. Oh. We met through dance, though. Yeah. We met in high school in Disney World at dance masters of america in 2008 wait is this like the is like this is like the mickey mouse club <laughs> literally literally but like it's more of like a pageant am i in front of two celebrities here that <laughs> do you know britney spears can you help us free i her? wish yeah. i knew oh, I, I, know. Know. Girl. Uh, I know those are those are the real dance videos though those are yeah. fire those oh my i this is the, now the second episode of the podcast that i've talked about britney i've made a joke that like we're it's going to turn into a free britney podcast yeah. and i'm okay with it but She'd be here for it. She, those <laughs> those are not the dance videos. Oh, I, I I my favorite. I feel bad because she's going for it. Yeah, I know. She is like th like throwing her heart and her soul, and it's like pure passion. So I'm I know. here for it. Okay, but. okay, no, I support. I'm fully supportive. I'm fully supportive. Okay, but so you met at at <laughs> Disney. Yes, poor girl. Uh, sure. yeah. So we both were going to Florida to compete for mm. Mr. Dance of America. It's like a very um, pageant oriented. You take a bunch of classes for two weeks. You learn an opening number with a bunch of kids from all over the country and then you compete at yeah. the end. And so we spent two weeks together and hung out a yeah. lot. And, yeah. then and most of the people that are competing for this, um, it's very elite and mm -hmm. a lot of them are still working professionals today. And we have met so many people that have gone through the, the organization. this organization and have come out as like beautiful, amazing well-rounded dancers yeah so yeah yeah well you always hear like anything disney is like the top for yeah. sending yeah. people into stardom everyone goes and competes at disney uh -huh. yeah <laughs> uh -huh. so what's it like to do like to major in dance in college is it all physical or is there like some reading writing what's that look like so it was honestly very strenuous on the body we would take classes from eight in the morning until about 5 30 at night oh and back to back like we would have like maybe 15 rehearsal. minutes we would eat our dinners That's so physical oh, oh, yeah. scarf like some food down and then we would have rehearsals from six to nine monday through friday and then on the weekends we would just have the rehearsals so it was Intense. a yeah. lot especially like the your freshman year so you were like there's like no one's partying Oh, oh yeah, you, you yeah. do, you yeah. do, yeah. Okay. On the weekend, okay. you have to like learn to like let loose. Otherwise, you just kind of become this robot, yeah. you know, like machine that's just going through the right. There has to be a marker of like this is different from what I'm doing all the other time. And exactly. if that means I have to alter my state of mind, then that's where we got to exactly. go. Exactly. And we had, I think, Sundays were like late the starts. Off, well, Sundays were off unless we had a guest choreographer. So, so like Saturday nights were like the rowdy night yeah, the one night mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, and we didn't it. have rehearsals on monday nights 
No, but we had classes. Well, they, yeah. yeah. They so, would put your and, night classes on Monday night. Yeah, you would have your academics. Like, the one academic you were required your freshman year would be on Monday night from, like, 6.30 to 9.30. So, like, you're going to school for dance. You are, like, the goal is, like, I'm going to be a professional dancer in some capacity. Yes. Correct. Yes. I mean, at Point Park, that was the goal. Yeah. No one was there to just, like... This is a fun be thing like, to yeah, do. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. You were dancing a lot. It was It was really hard not just physically but mentally just being like i got a competition oh yeah was there any thought of like nutrition in your mind then or was it just like we have to eat as much as we can to sustain this oh i mean at that point we just ate as much as we could we were so cautious yeah Yeah. obviously cautious but i mean we there's a a body image thing happening in the dance world too right exactly when you're staring at yourself in the mirror for you know right 10 hours a day right you're gonna want to look your best right and you're up against a ton of other people too it might be like coming down to getting a job or not oh god I, i would say though as men especially i felt that like I was trying to bulk up in college, like Mm. to partner in things I was trying. So for me, I really had to put on more weight. Mm -hmm. So I was feeling like I was eating more than I ever had. That makes sense. Lots of pasta, which we don't eat that much. Yeah, now we don't. He won't let me get pasta ever. <laughs> you guys, have you been to Pep and Dolores? No, we no, have. not yet. It's quarantine. Yeah, quarantine. Yeah. quarantine. You should wait until to so like go to the restaurant for the experience because it's really, really wonderful. I know. I everyone's think I been saw on us. your Instagram. That I, you were just there, I like, was maybe... there recently with uh, Anthony, with our yeah, with, with Anthony, our mutual yes, pal Anthony. Yep. It looked delicious. It's so good. You yes. gotta do that. It's now worth I'm it. thinking about pasta. I know. Sorry. So what happens after college? Where'd you, what'd you guys do after college? So your senior year, you're stressed because you're just trying to find a job. You are stressed. You are like <laughs> so, stressed. so stressed because you just want to find a job and you want to be dancing because a lot of times if you don't find a job, then you have to start paying for class and that's when things get really expensive, especially just graduating college. Right. So your senior year from, you know, January to about June, it's like crunch time. Okay. So and similar to like a traditional university like it's stressed yes. senior year trying to find a job you're going on interviews you're getting your resume together all that similar yeah. you're traveling to new york or to la to chicago just auditioning as much as possible and you know utilizing the connections that you've made th- at college yeah and be like hey i worked with you when i was a junior totally you know what i mean totally um what's the- like the ideal job to land is it like something that's long term on, on you? what your goals are yeah. so a lot of people go to dance school to be on broadway or okay. to be in cirque du soleil or okay, to yes. move to chicago and be in hubbard street or a big company or in europe i mean everyone yeah. has their own right, goals right, right, for right. us honestly we wanted to dance in chicago the training that we were doing in pittsburgh was leading us to chicago um why chicago because the companies there the style of dance that they oh, were doing okay. was very contemporary jazz with a ballet very very european oh okay so that was a big draw for us and we had worked with a few of those choreographers at school so that was a big help for us yeah so if you like get get in the company am i saying that correctly yeah Yeah. then what does that mean you're like on retainer for them to use so you're on productions okay so each year they'll hire on a certain amount of dancers my company was 12 dancers his was 10 five boys five girls uh-huh. Six boys, six girls. Okay. And then you had a pre- each have apprentices. And okay. Yes. Give or take some extra people. Um, but you I would say they know in May how many dancers are coming back from the prior season that they're offering contracts to. And then they like 
have to fill the rest of the spots based on who auditioned throughout the whole spring. Got it. So it gets a little crazy. I and some pe- some companies know earlier on, like my company knew in January that they needed boys. So that was like a huge help that I got to find out early that I got a job. Yep, yep, so yep. he lands a job in January and everyone else is stressed. Like we're like, I was like, ah. yeah, right. You're like coasting. Yeah. Like, He's like, cool. I've got it was, this. It was, you know, it was amazing. Whereas like we were, and he was a year older than us, but we were, you know, he was trying to graduate early. Were, I was trying to graduate early. I was trying to find a job and I didn't get a job until May. Somehow mm-hmm. in Chicago, somehow with the company in Chicago. He wanted to get a job. Okay, that <laughs> yeah. good. It all worked out. It yes. all worked out perfectly. perfectly. And we got to live in Chicago together. Yeah. And it was Chicago's Chicago. a fun town. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. It's one of our favorites. But the winters, you can miss me with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So thank you. We there were, right there were the a lake. few days that were like, biking to work with your nose freezing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. lovely eyes like frozen shut too yes so what <laughs> happened after chicago where'd you go from chicago so we were there for two years and our companies were great for what they were but we kind of were feeling a little bit like we wanted to expand and do our own thing yeah kind of like in a box a little bit yeah exactly. yeah it was it was leading us to feel that we like needed something different mm-hmm. um and so at the time we were like We've never lived in California. That's a great place for dance. I feel let's, like it's a you are yeah fit the profession yeah. yeah. And I mean there. we love the sun and the beach and we had a lot of friends in LA. So mm-hmm. we're like now's the time. We're yep. young enough. We can do it. So mm-hmm. we drove out there and packed up our car and we <laughs> and no job this time. You're just no, like we're yeah, going down. No, we were just gonna go for it and we bought a car. We filled the car and we drove. And we were, originally gonna, to <laughs> we were originally going to stay in hotels along yes, the way. Yes, like make a little Make a little, trip, yeah. yeah. And we randomly bought camping gear as we're driving. To like, put into the already packed car. To, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we ended up stopping at each national park okay, on the way there. Okay, that's amazing. And it was like completely life-changing. It was gorgeous. It yeah. took us like three and a half weeks to like <laughs> mosey along. Yeah. So when else are you going to Didn't really fit it? in the car with mm-hmm. the stuff, but. Yeah, we made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So lived in LA for a while. And then, so yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, not to cut you off. No, please um, cut me off. I feel like LA, when we first got there, we were like, boom, we have to do commercial work. We weren't really concentrated on um, what we had just left. Okay. Because there is concert work in LA, but it's not as thriving as the and when i'm when we moved out there i was working with like a company there just doing some things but i was like i don't want to be part of this whole um system anymore i want to be able to like make my own choices and wear my hair how i want and you know that was like a huge thing was we were just very pigeonholed into this aesthetic of this what you have to look like yeah so Oh, yeah, when we were in the companies in Chicago, you couldn't have like we had to weigh the same, we had to have our hair the same. You couldn't, no we didn't tattoos, have any tattoos, short, clean cut. So all all, all the shaven. tattoos that I'm seeing right now, you oh, did yeah. not have at the time. None, None. of them. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like everything you looks very needed to break out. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> so then we were in LA and we had a connection and we didn't have to audition, which was so nice because we just got agents. And which is a huge when you move to LA it's like getting an agent takes it takes time if you don't know someone why does it take time I feel like agents are fucking on every corner in LA yeah but Be- there's so many if you want a people good one. oh you got to get a and good if you want one. a good one you have to audition and they only have so many people in their roster sure okay 
So luckily, my artistic director had just moved out to L.A. from the company that I was with prior, and she knew someone high up in Mm. this agency. L.A. is literally just about who Who you know. know. Who you know, how you know them, and if That's how that town works. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the person came and watched us take a class and they were like, great, we'll sign you on. You so guys that are good. Was really, yeah. <laughs> really, really helpful. Um, so yeah, we spent a year there and like it, a lot of it was like the SIA job. It was, you knew a connection that, you know, we never really built the relationship with our agent because it was such a big agency. Okay. And it got a little, to- it got a little phony. It was like, Bring your agent some cupcakes and they'll give you an audition. And we were okay, like, okay, well, at least it's like a cupcake and not a blowjob. Yeah, yeah. very true, very Seriously. true. Yeah, <laughs> Seriously. But I feel like we were used to everything being about your artistry and what you brought to the audition. And this was more about, it seemed more about getting yourself something before the audition. Mm. Like you had to have like an in before you even got there. Yeah, we, yeah we were used to talent being the criteria and Uh it was more of like your friends behind the panel you know what i mean yes got it got it got it it takes some time to break into la and we were just like uh like we yeah and so 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 out of curiosity too when this like you're dancing at coachella and obviously this is like freelance work right you're getting Mm -hmm. like paid per job correct it's like a dancing job at coachella enough to like pay the rent for a month or oh, is yeah. it yes okay yeah. or and then some that's the beautiful thing about la is there's a lot of it's money money it's <laughs> okay. an entertainment business okay. right okay so okay like, some, i'm just thinking like how many jobs you know how many jobs do you have to get to like know that you're set up to like pay your bills or like is that like it's cool we have some friends out there that work maybe three times a year and they're set yeah okay that's what okay yeah, that's if, yeah. You're, <laughs> if you're doing anything commercial movie that's like a big brand or big yeah. name you're, you're getting good. a good good paycheck for that. And then you have residuals. So anytime like Netflix, you know, rebuys it, you get a little cut, a little check in the mail. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. So this is good to know. Good. Yeah. This is good to know. How long were you in LA? For a year. Yeah. Okay. We okay. spent a lot of time at the beach. <laughs> we were like Lots obsessed of time with like hiking. Oh my and God, of course. Obviously going out to Malibu. So and taking class. Yeah. Yeah. So after like chicago la would you guys go anywhere else chicago no. la and then, and then cincinnati. here okay so like why did you come back to cincinnati well real tea i always ask myself that yeah <laughs> no, 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 now no. he now he loves i it. actually love north side the yeah. area that we live in yeah. so i wouldn't no i for... also love cincinnati and yeah. i love to go visit new york i have lots of friends in new york i have lots of friends in la like before this all this shit happened i would probably be in the cities like multiple times a year and I love to go and everyone would always be like when are you moving to LA when are you moving to New York I'm like yeah but Cincinnati's such a great place to live and it it allows me then to to go to LA three times a year yeah oh that's That's what what we we say say. yeah (laughs) I mean we couldn't have bought a three-story Victorian home in Mm -mm. LA New York you know Chicago Chicago, even that so um so my parents were kind of going through a little separation Mm. um leading them to their divorce. So that Mm. was kind of like a huge family moment. And his parents were dealing with health things in Toronto. Yeah. And being in LA was a little far. We were consistently flying out and it was just like we were never in LA. Yeah. And it was just way too much. So at the time we were also judging dance competitions. So we were flying out for work as well. So everything was kind of leading us to be in LA for four or five days of the week. 
and yeah. to be paying rent right. and doing that, it wasn't really ideal. So we were like, hmm, we've always wanted to teach a little bit more. Maybe we'll reach out and see if there are any studios in Cincinnati that would be interested. Uh-huh. And so we ended up getting response back right away being like, oh my gosh, we'd love to have you guys. And so we were like, all right, uh-huh. we're doing it. So okay. we packed up our car and moved. And Any national parks on the way home? Yeah, yeah. We, did we, camped, we literally we did the, the whole exact same thing except different parks. So it was awesome. Yeah, that's good. But we used it as an opportunity because we, when, while we were in L.A., we were constantly talking about how we wanted to put on our own shows and, you know, direct different things. So when we moved back here we were teaching but we were also you know producing work here so oh yeah that, there's a couple things that i want to talk about from that too but yeah. you can well no, continue. That, that can maybe okay cue, okay okay, cue okay, okay so was this the you're talking about the two-man movement yes, yes. two-man movement. what is that so when we first came back here we were just teaching like i said before and we were like we want to put it on a show and we didn't have like money to hire other right. dancers. You're like, how do you just like put on a show? Yeah, I would love to put on a show too. But <laughs> yeah, so we were like, let's put on a show. Let's just write this whole script and do it. So, two man movement was an idea that we created, and it's just it was just the two of us oh, performing. Awesome. And because we have very similar training we work really well together and our body types are very similar mm-hmm. so like he can lift me i can lift him yeah okay. so it's very cohesive yes um and we wanted to make a show that would have people think about what was going on and you know his parents just got divorced my parents were going through health issues and we were like hmm Let's teach other people a lesson about our life experience. Yeah, like tell your story through exactly. Dance. Yeah. So we created a show called Five Ways to Self Destruct, and each way was portrayed through a mood or a style or a, a mini story. And by the end, we were both dead. Oh, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And we started <laughs> with balloons, and every time. It's very know. visual. Yeah, it was very visual. Every time we kind of transitioned into the next session, section, one of the balloons would pop. <gasps> oh, and man. we did everything ourselves. We did the lighting, and it was very raw and like kind of like personal, uh-huh. almost very intimate setting. Yeah. yeah, very intimate setting. But it was great. We sold out both shows. And so where do you like pitch this to? So ourselves. we just did it. Yeah, we, we just like. Put advertised. <laughs> did you do it? What pocket. space did you do it in? So we rented the uh, space in the CCAC. Right? CCAC. CCAC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the okay. 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 Cultural Arts Center. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. And it was kind of because they have their old classrooms, so uh-huh. we had a very open classroom setting with all the chairs like around. It w- it was very personal. Yeah. Like, people yeah. felt like they were in the space. Yeah. And it was very interactive. Like we had people come up and be a part of it. Mm. There was one part where we had a light just fixated on us and the whole time we were staring at it as if we were like mesmerized by technology Mm. and the whole time it was like we didn't want to look at each other or have a conversation oh that sounds familiar even though we were talking through it by our body language yeah (laughs) so it was really it really kind of changed our lives putting on this full show because we were like hmm do we do that is this something that we can also learn from so and that kind of so that was the kickstart of two-man movement. And then we've kind of used two-man movement now to describe like what we can offer as choreographers for other things. Mm. So we've, you know, we've choreographed 
around the city. We've choreographed on ourselves. We do a lot of like teaching for younger kids, guesting in like other states and stuff. Yeah. We yeah. did a TED talk. I was going to say, what what is that situation? How'd that so come about? Awesome. So one of our students, actually, she was a senior this past year at Indian Hill, and she was in charge of putting on um, well, I don't think she was the only she one in charge, charge. She was, but she was one of the head people putting on this TED talk at Indian Hill. Yeah. Okay. And basically it was all on technology and that's something that we like to incorporate in our choreography. Oh, interesting. So we basically took the word, um, movement. No technology. Oh, we took technology. We took yeah. the tech, the word technology and, then found out the binary code for technology had it all written and every single time there was like as like an o or a one we would influence that would influence our movement so we basically created this you know five minute piece duet on off of the binary code spelling out technology oh wow so it just kept going like it would be like, this means to carve. So that movement would carve the space. And the next time that came around, we would carve in a different way. So it was all of this like you wouldn't know that maybe by watching it. But yeah, that's you could really, really break cool. it down if you really wanted to. Yeah, it was cool. We really enjoyed it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So then how did Movement Emporium come up? Tell us about that. So I would say about two years ago, we were comfortable in Cincinnati we were really loving where we were living and we were kind of feeling like we wanted to continue with teaching uh -huh. that was be beginning to be more of like the lifestyle we were liking and is there like a big is there a lot of a lot of jobs in Cincinnati for this um, kind of like dancing work well, there are job. a lot of dance studios in Cincinnati. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So a lot of young dancers. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. 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 I didn't there are know tons that. of young dancers. Mm -hmm. I would say from the age of like four until 18, there's like a bulk of yep. dancers in the city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so we would typically teach at a lot of different studios, sometimes in Cincinnati, sometimes in other cities or for conventions and things. And it's always on someone else's terms or someone else's location yeah we never had like space where we could choreograph our own stuff and right. then teach it yeah and create our own space because most of the time if you go teach at a dance studio it's very i'm not going to be rude but kind of like dolly dinkle lots of you know yes. pink and stars yes. and it's all about the trophy rather than actual like gritty like right dance no the training. trophies take up like half the room in a oh, studio yeah. and then one huge corner it's just trophies upon trophies yeah. as i've seen it and that's not the aesthetic or the vibe or what we were trying to help the kids learn like mm. you don't want to just rehearse a dance you want to learn how to dance mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah so that was a big part of us wanting a space that we could have the kids come into and be a safe space they should fail to learn like that's the huge part that we're like trying to get them to understand is like you're not going to get it the first time right you might not get it the 10th time but right. like you're That's working okay. to yeah. get better at it and we ended up seeing a space and then we were like hmm having something in our neighborhood might be really nice to be able to walk to work yeah we can walk to work that's yep. crazy um yeah. and so once we knew that we were moving in that direction we both decided to take our yoga practice, which had been something that we'd been doing for years, mm -hmm. to the level of teaching. So we both registered and got our teacher training under our belt. And then we were like, you know what? Now we can actually take that and what we've done with dance and 
really incorporate it into one space. So that was our goal for Movement Emporium. Yeah, that's really great. I want to talk about this idea to going back to the kids not getting something right the first time. I feel like that's such an important lesson to learn, even as an adult, where you hear people say like, I'm not good at that, right? I'm not going to do that. I'm not good at it. And it's like, no, you've just never done it before. Of exactly. course you're not good at it. Like it takes practice. Everything does. Like it's very few people in the world that are gonna be like the first time they do something, I'm really good at this. I should keep doing it. Yeah. It's like hearing a grown ass adult being like, oh, I don't think I like those. Like for but food. then haven't tried them. It's right. like you haven't even tried it. Yeah. You know, give right. it a shot, give it another shot, and then you can be like, mm, I don't really yeah. fancy those. Right. Or but. I mean, it's like one thing to say maybe even, okay, I don't, it's not the type of movement I enjoy, but then just to flat up, like, I'm not good at it. Like, no, of course you're not. You're not yeah. going to be. That's not the point. Yeah. So and people, good... people are very scared, I find, with the kids too, that they, they learn it early. Mm -hmm. they're so afraid to make a mistake because they don't want the people around them to see them make a mistake oh, and it gets so that that learning block you right have, you it have like blocks this, the creativity like, too yeah because i always say to him i love when i get a student that's never danced but i can teach them movement because they don't know if they're doing something right or wrong yeah they're just taking the task and trying to go with it yeah yeah so that's always my favorite yeah so what kind of offerings do you have it's not just teaching kids right Correct. Yeah. So we have a training program kind of built into that because that's where we want to like build our, you know, younger professional, yeah. pre-professional. But we also offer like, you know, beginner jazz for adults. Eventually, this is post-COVID or, you okay. know. What I mean. Okay. I think um, now you're speaking my language. Guys. We have a brunch time boogie class. That's it's on the schedule and we're going to start to do a little bit of pop-ups with that just mm -hmm. because we want to get some older people that maybe have little to no dance experience okay. or have a lot of dance experience just in the space and kind of moving your body around. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. I want to do this. Yeah. With lots of fun music, big energy. And then like maybe, you know, after the class is done, go grab a beer, okay. you know, after. Love it. Yeah. It'll be like Sunday brunch time. So that'd be great. Um, but then we're also having, you know, um, we want to eventually, because we picked the name Movement Emporium, mm -hmm. we want it to not just be dance and yoga. Eventually, we would love to have like some of our friends who teach Pilates, oh, you know, come nice. in and teach a Pilates or class. Or even like an extra fitness class. Yeah, or yeah, fitness class or like a mime class. Anything that's movement oriented, we want to be able to put it in the space and expose people to. That's a, that that's the community amazing. could benefit from. Yeah, yeah, cool. Because I was looking like through on your website and yeah, I saw like a lot of intensive things or like intermediate, advanced, jazz, hip hop, whatever. And I was like, I wonder if they would do like an intro to hip hop. Like I yeah. would love oh, absolutely to just like spend an hour at whatever, however long the class is and like learn. What are they called? Is it called a progression? Yeah. Is it yeah. A combination uh, oh, yes. of progression. Okay. With the lingo. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you better. You. I'm on my way. Yeah. But it would just be so fun because I love watching videos of people dance. I love to like go out and dance by myself, like when I'm drunk at a bar, but then to just, and I come Same. from like, a yeah. Right. Like come from like, I was a cheerleader. I did dance. Like I love to nail choreography. Yeah. And that's like what I'm always searching for in like a beat based fitness class. Even if it's like something yes. simple that like you learn it and then you, f you nail it and you're like, God, that's fucking the best feeling yeah. ever. Oh my yes. God. That's, I mean, that's why we dance. <laughs> that's why you dance. <laughs> yeah, that's right? why you dance. Yeah. Yes. I've literally just been like chasing that high from third grade forever. Absolutely. Um, okay. So that's, that's really fun. But so, yeah. So our, I was going to say our biggest thing when we were planning everything out before COVID. Yeah. 
ideally we would have had more adult classes on the schedule, but because starting off the bat, the people that were reaching out the most were a lot of the younger kids looking for more intensive style training. So we knew that we could bring them in for like a four hour block Mm -hmm. and keep the same kids in the space and not have interchanging. It's just easy to control who's coming in the space and who's, you know, rather than just having drop-ins with a bunch of random adults, it's, you know, COVID's scary as shit. So, you know, this is so weird. And you opened a fitness studio, like, during During COVID yeah Yeah. during a global fucking pandemic I've had a couple people on recently that are in that the same situation and they're just like nothing could prepare you for makes you aware of everything (laughs) right 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 right. (sighs) luckily we John's sister um does a lot of marketing analysis yeah maybe sorry if you're listening to the Teresa like that's not the right word that's (laughs) not the right word but her biggest thing we were talking to her and she was like what are you going to do during this pandemic you know to make you make yourselves survive and Mm -hmm. she was like your my biggest advice for you is to learn to adapt yeah and you know we found out March 13th that we couldn't teach in studio by March 20th, we had already developed a full Zoom program. Yeah. And we're teaching classes through that, yoga, dance, all that. So yeah. luckily we did that, and that kind of helped us survive. You know, survive. survive. Right. survive. Right, right. And know, like, where are we going to go next? Like, can we move forward with any of this? Or can we kind of hold back on some of the classes? So it really kind of told us what our schedule needed to be moving forward. Yeah. What is your like yoga style because I'm thinking through you could have probably just opened a dance studio right and been very successful but you chose to add yoga in it as well like where did that idea come from and how do you how do you teach yoga is it dancey I would, I would say, say our transitions are very dancey okay that's what I love so yeah we would take yoga all over the city LA Chicago mm-hmm. and we always gravitated to the teachers that didn't just make it about the poses but yes. going in and out of the poses and really unique transitions from each pose do you know Lori Allen or no. Tommy Mormon so they own a fitness studio called hi-fi yoga in Mason oh no fun they are like they almost inspired me to become a yoga instructor because going to their yoga classes, it was it's so creative. Oh, well, and to it check feels it out. like yeah, we'll have it to check that. Feels out. like you're you're dancing and moving. They play amazing music. They have a hip hop class. They have a rock. Like it's Love like it. it's hi fi because it's their whole studio is like based around music and the playlist. So you definitely need to go check oh, them out. Gosh, They're wonderful. Yeah. They would love to have you too. They're really sweet. Yeah. People. So awesome. our our style of yoga when we're taking a class is. I mean, we're dancers, so naturally we always want to push ourselves. We always want to, like, achieve as much of the class, but also we learn to, like, step back and make it more, like, about the meditation and about the wellness. And I think through our training, it made us be like, oh, how can we blend, like, the way that we've always danced and maybe danced through a yoga Mm -hmm. class when we're taking it and actually make it, you know, for a whole class, not just a dancer. Yeah. Because a lot of times our transitions, I think, could lead us to like a very tricky class uh-huh. but we're smart sometimes and have to pull back <laughs> oh i've got to try one i i love yoga particularly that style of yoga because i think it's that same sense of like you you feel like you're it's fluid and there's movement and it's not just static holding which i get the benefit and i will yeah. enjoy that sometimes too but it's so much more like fun and engaging Enjoyable. you think about like mind body connection and you can think like okay i know what, what i know what's going to come next or i know i have to do this next or this feels natural to do that yeah, when yeah. it works with your body, that yeah. very much helps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So 
I know that coming from a dancing background, right, yoga must have been pretty easy to pick up because of the flexibility element, right? You Safe would, to say or you no? Would, you think? would think that, but because we're so trained to be turned in out in rotation, oh. coming parallel is a completely different ball game, And it really makes you think about how you're actually like, like we'll say air quotes, stacking your bones yes, yes. or engaging your core in mm. a different way mm -hmm. rather than using your legs to support your body. I always felt it's something that I probably would have really, really benefited from early on in my dancing because I always had a big struggle with modern because of the parallel alignment. Oh, and interesting. with yoga, that's like, ah, everything is parallel. Yeah. Like yeah. turning in and ugh, yeah, it's painful. So <laughs> I was going to, that was my next question was, so I, like most people have very tight hips, like insanely tight. So when I'm doing yoga, I'm like, have, like, just give me hip openers, give me hip openers. Do you guys have like problem spots on your own that you're like, I like, this is my place. I love to stretch. Yes. Uh, well, I love stretching my hamstrings. Because I really just imagine dancers of like, you're fucking, you're fucking putting your leg in the air. Like yeah. your mobility to me is, I'm so envious. So hip, hip openers, well, my hips are really naturally open. Mm. It's like going into a middle oh, split. Oh, you're a lucky bitch. Yeah. yeah. That, that's where like I can be like, yeah, you know, okay. throw the hair. Okay. But my hips are naturally open. So when I'm doing a lot of hip openers, I'm not really feeling. You don't even feel it. Yeah. And it, to me, that isn't. Um, enjoyable i want to kind of feel that like right, work like you yes, know what i yes. mean so anything that is more like spinal twists oh. without using my hips because normally i would just kind of crank my hip yep, over yep, and then yep. twist anyway anything where i'm keeping my hips nice and aligned and then twisting from my spine that's what i that's what feels benefit from it. yeah but that yeah. would you say that's where you struggle is that what you mean that's where i struggle oh. yes yeah, yeah for sure i struggle with like shoulder joint Anything okay. that's like, because he grew up a tumbler, so yeah, like he, so my upper body, especially with partnering too, was pretty tight. Got so it, got it. Nice so struggle. it's like you want to like open, like open the chest, open like that. Yeah, way. like any of the big binds, I can do. I'm flexible where he is not flexible mm. in the spinal twisting, but anything with my shoulders is not so not I'm so like, great. Are you calling me not flexible? No, there's <laughs> no way. You said there's, it first. There's I'm absolutely just no way. I I have dreams about like getting into yoga positions that I can't get into real life because I'm like, it would just feel so good to release. Like, why can't I do this? Same. Yeah. <laughs> we have like one student and he's just so naturally Gumby. Yeah. And he'll, we'll tell him like, oh, try this pose. And just, he's never done it before. And, I'm and like, I've been working on. on it for like three years. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. But yeah. it's nice to see that someone can do it. <laughs> so I, I saw the phrase movement language. Mm -hmm. So what is your movement language or how do you describe what what is movement language Ooh. well each dancer like art like as an art form has their own kind of we'll say let's put it into painting mm -hmm. you know the way that they stroke the brush the yeah. way that they emphasis at the beginning or the end each dancer has their own kind of vocabulary vocabulary oh, and so like what, a style like a like a style but you know we could be doing the same style but i would be doing it differently than he would be doing it differently okay and in some situations you don't want that right because you want everyone to look the same correct so yes. i would say your movement language each individual each individual person has like 
their things that they've learned over the years that have made their language that much more influences. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I grew up and my teacher was um, this Russian man, super strict, but his movement quality was very feminine for mm. how, you know, large of a man he okay. was. And when I'm dancing, I kind of embody that a little bit. Yeah. Whereas when John's dancing, his might be a little bit more influenced by his teachers. Right. We're okay. still doing the same steps. Yes. And it still looks the same, but the quality is a little bit different. Interesting. So you guys have different movement languages. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is it, it's like With a, a lot language? of language? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say like a lot of our background and vocabulary can be the same, but mm. the way that we adapt to it because of, I mean, you also dance different because of personal things. Like yeah. Things in your life that right. maybe are parts of your body that are more flexible. Or know, like, like we listen to him music and i hear music completely differently than he hears very music. differently like how do you know that you're hearing it differently well i will listen to music and i'll listen to like the way they say the words and i'll listen to the little accents in the background okay. and that's where i listen to it that's where you're like tuned into yeah and yeah. i'm all riding it yeah he's riding that like wave and the beat and you know so that makes our choreography very different also. Right. So like when you are thinking of developing choreography, where does that inspiration come from? Are you Do you have like a song first or the music first and then you do the movement? Does a mu movement come to you? It always depends. Yeah. So if we're okay. teaching like for an intensive, for example, typically I'll know the style of movement that I want to teach that week. And so I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll start looking for music in that style and then I'll choreograph. But if I'm doing something for, you know, a work for a ballet and I know that I want the piece to be about anxiety. Yeah, anxiety. Okay. Then I would research a little bit on that first and then decide how I want the sections to play out and then try to find music that might match that. What are you researching? Anything. Words, I mean, um, stories, how it anxiety personal affects people differently because that's all going to kind of fuel your inspiration of how it's going to manifest itself through movement exactly Ooh, so I you love it. so you you do naturally you like if you had told me a story about you know a bird catching a worm i can then make up movement that shows that story and it could be a 10 minute piece it could be a two second piece i'm amazed because it's truly it's your art form yeah yes you're yeah. creating the artwork based on what you're given oh and a big influence is words to us. So let's say, you know, we're doing a piece. We'll go back to anxiety. We're doing a piece in, on anxiety. We'll write down maybe 15 words that kind of all web back to anxiety. Uh -huh. Like and an association? An association. Yeah. So let's say anxiety. And then we'll say like um, tightness, mm. right? Because when people get anxious, their, t their yes. chest gets tight. So what's um, a move or like a step that will be tight, mm -hmm. whether that's like so drawing rigid in, and mm -hmm. whether that's actual like sharp, sharp movement. Yeah. So. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. That's nuts. Are you guys. So what are you working on like right now? What is your day to day look like right the now? Studio getting <laughs> through the summer. Yeah. <laughs> um, currently, we're yeah. hiding from COVID. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Currently, we're, we have summer intensives, so we have a tiny movers class, a little teeny movers class, and that's for ages six and under oh. that just are like, you know, in there moving around. It precious. Oh, my gosh, yes. And then we have a mini movers, and that's eight, no, 
six to eight. And that's for kids that are a little bit more advanced, have taken a dance class mm-hmm. before. Um, we have a junior intensive, uh, ages eight to 12. And they're pretty advanced for their age. And it's a four-hour chunk of time. Oh, wow. So and they're in there. They're yeah. in there. They're working their butts off. Then we have a teen senior um same four hours and then we have a college level professional oh and that's the fun one you know i've seen some videos come out recently there was like a woman long dark hair yes and she moved like i've never seen anyone move in my life yeah yeah they're wonderful some of them are just so wonderful and inspiring and it's known so nice because a lot of them we've taught for three four years Mm. and we can really see like what we've kind of instilled in them and it's just really nice to see yeah 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 yeah. So do you have any timeline on when you would be thinking about doing like the more adult intro classes? Or are you just waiting to fall. see how things... Oh, fall. Fall. Okay. So we're obviously waiting to see how everything yeah. kind of plays out because no one knows what's going on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But um, of our th- I think our start date is August 31st for our fall session to okay. start. Um, and that's when we'll introduce the brunch time boogie and then the little like, you know, pop in jazz beginner hip-hop we have an adult like modern contemporary beginner class okay so all that okay. fun stuff when I, we know about I, schools that's kind of our big determining factor because a lot it. of people are talking schedules yes and we don't want to like set the schedule and then change it again and yep. then change it again yep so makes sense we'll are you doing so. yoga right now are you teaching yoga we were doing zoom yoga but we recently haven't been once our, once our intensive started yeah just because the same thing bringing people into the space we're yep. really trying to block it out so yep. we know exactly who's coming makes and sense you have yeah it's always controlled it's not a lot of yeah. new people in you kind of have your quarantine crew there yeah exactly. our yeah. our classes get a little like you got to have people in there and then you have to clean again and then yeah. a new group comes in and it's a lot right right yeah. right no, i get that okay so shifting gears a little bit how do you guys take care of yourselves fun um physically mentally all of the above oh i'm very interested well we cook to hear. a lot yeah like we love that we cook almost everything almost we, all of our meals yeah. minus like the late night pizza yeah of course, <laughs> of course, of course. Of course. are these like full-blown meals or are they quick some of them quick some of them full-blown i would say full-blown yeah Ooh. full-blown meals never, even if it's like 12 at night we'll we're used to working full, at night so. full dinner it's like luxury and we're like stir eating. fry in the middle of the night that's happened a lot yeah um yeah i would say we normally stick to two meals a day mm-hmm. just it works snacks. out that way yeah not yeah. by like eh, we're not eating it's right. just that's right. what we normally do um we do a lot of salads soups stir lots fries. of like raw foods mm. like one ingredient foods okay. items so lots of vegetables fruit avocado, um, avocado meat we don't really like to eat that much processed food, but I mean, everyone now and again wants ice sure. cream. Or totally. <laughs> I go, I yes, always yeah, want ice cream. You always want ice cream. I miss National Ice Cream Day, and I'm very uh, upset about so it. So did we. When Wait, was your favorite it flavor? It was yesterday. Um, are we talking like ice cream all around? or maybe You can flavors? give me like your basic bitch answer, and then like you're like. Okay, so I'm just going to say my favorite ice cream is the maple crunch from Grater's, the cinnamon uh, maple yum. crunch. Oh. It's like cinnamon toast crunch. I don't think I've ever had that. It's we get so... coconut chip. It's like our or ras. I get raspberry chip at Graders. Okay. Yeah. Well, nah. That's fine. Yeah. I guess. That so does everyone great, else in the world. But yeah, that's yeah, your literally. basic bitch. I am. Yeah, no, but right. what's your like? What's your like basic like? <sighs> you're probably, at a probably like chocolate chip cookie dough. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> you can't go wrong with that. You, you truly can. Yeah. You truly can. But Grater's is my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I like, no. I, I mean, ice you cream. Like it all? Ice cream is ice cream. Okay. At the end of the day, as long as it's sweet, I'm I'm there. Yeah, yeah. So cooking a lot. What else? Cooking Anything a else? Lot. Any other? Um, I run. Yeah. I run. My knees don't love to run. Oh no, me either. But yoga, I would say yoga is yeah, our biggest. Yoga. yoga and dance keep us pretty. But exhausted. we love trying new things. That's the biggest thing is like we love going kayaking. We love hiking. Oh, yes. You know, anything that we can kind of be active. Yeah. We like. Yeah. You that's know? how I am too. You guys got to go see Tommy and Lori at Hi-Fi. Yes. yes. Hook oh, you my up. gosh. I would love to hear what you think. Yeah. yeah. That would be awesome. Love, Absolutely. Love we honestly you. never go to Mason. So that'd be no, a good, and that's what good reason to be out there. I don't either. But this yoga studio is so good that I'm like, yes, I will drive 30 minutes to go yeah. take the class. Yeah. That's when you know it's good. Yeah. They're wonderful. They're really wonderful. That's great. Okay, guys. What does being fit mean to you? Um, I would say for me, being fit means that I'm giving my body what it needs. Um, I can tell if I have not been very mm -hmm. nutritious mm -hmm. with my eating. Um, yep. I need to be physical during the day. Mm -hmm. I have to do some sort of activity, whether that be running with my dog or doing five yoga classes. I need something to keep my body in check. Yeah. I would imagine if you have your whole life being active, there isn't going to be a time where you're like, I'm just going to sit down this whole day. Yeah. I, I physically will not go to sleep if I haven't done anything yeah. because my body won't shut down. I feel that. I think being fit for me is just being comfortable in my own skin and really appreciating my body. Mm -hmm. um, if I eat, you know, greasy, heavy food, I've, I feel it. Whereas, you know, he can eat a lot and it just kind of goes, you know. Oh, yeah. I hate those people. I hate those people. Yeah. He can have like a full pizza and be like snatched. Yeah, whereas yeah, I'm like, right. oh, come on. I still feel it. Yeah. I but physically like, feel it, but I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. So I think like, oop, oop, I think putting good food in my body makes me feel so much better. And, you know, you know, being fueled for the day. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if I don't eat, then I get really grumpy and yes, me too. my mental state gets kind of fuzzy. So every time I eat, I just think of like what's being put in my body and how that affects me. Yeah. So big focus on food. It sounds like food yeah. and making my body able to do the things that I need it right. to do. Which like food is going to help that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I it, feel that. It like terrifies me to not be able to like work my knees. The You know, like some people all of a sudden can't go upstairs or yeah. like, that, do, that freaks yeah. me out a little bit. And we bit. do a lot of gardening. And I think like you, like the way our our house is, it's up on a hill. Yes. So we're like so constantly like full lunge, you know, yep. digging something way, trying to lift a pot, bring it around. So to me, if that hurts the next day, I'm like, okay, yes. I feel active. Like yeah. I need to be like doing more of this yeah. so that I don't hurt. Functional stuff to feel good. Yeah. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you guys so much for coming thank on. This you. has been thank such a treat. Thank you for having us. You have to let me know when We're these when these you are more than welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I could set up right there. Yep, yeah. go for it. You have you the you, the price though is like you have to teach me how to do hip hop dance. Oh yeah, you I'll spend hip hop privates. I will do. I will spend eight hours a day yeah. learning. You'll do I yoga swear. and hip hop. I swear. Yeah. All I want to do is be able to like see these people in the video and like recreate that i just have it like feel like it's in my body i need to release it well, then it is in your body and you do yeah, need if you to feel it, it it's there yeah. okay this is gonna happen this is gonna happen but thank you guys a lot uh, i appreciate you, you thank you reminder to listeners follow on insta at what the fit podcast at chrissy grody if you like the idea more people hearing the podcast please rate and review on itunes 
Um, share to social media, tell your friends, and uh, if you want to work together, collaborate, connect, suggest guests, DM me or email me, whatthefitpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, guys.